Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. <sighs> okay, so what's up, everybody? Uh, three weeks into our hiatus, and so much has happened. And um, man, I just, uh, I ain't seen this coming. And. <clears throat> First of all, let's talk about why we're doing this because I want to make it. I want to make it clear. I'm not trying to exploit anyone's pain. Uh, as a matter of fact, condolences to the the Briscoe family um, and, and anyone who's truly affected by it, the deep, the, the close friends, family members, everybody. Um, it's. I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. Before all that happened, all this happened with the with, with Jay Briscoe. And I said, man, maybe I need to do one. But I just, I when I said I didn't really have time, I legitimately just didn't have time to put the effort into the show that I've been putting into it. And so I said, you know what, I need to not half-ass it. And I didn't want to half-ass it because I, because I know from my pe- previous experience, that's what was being done the last two, three months when I was doing wire pen. I'm gonna do it again. It was all half-assed. There was even times where I would record a show. And SoundCloud used to have this feature where you could record it and it would just upload automatically. There was times where I was recording stuff. And then I would wonder why I was getting no feedback from the particular episode. I would go back to listen to it. It was just dead air. And I was like, what? what? But, it, but it was the exact time that I was recording it. And I was like, what's going on? It, just, it, was, it was terrible creativity. Um, and so... I knew I just needed to make it to the beginning of the year, which I did. And I appreciate everyone who, who stuck by me. It still is. You know, I still get messages every day. What's your opinion on this and this? Especially since we've had so much happen. We're literally going to talk about all that tonight. Like, legitimately, this is a full episode. We're going to talk about all that tonight. Um, not just one thing. But I want to make it clear. I don't want. I have a friend named MJ. He used to do this, he's an artist, he used to do this series called Ghetto Gospel. I love the Ghetto Gospel series, where he would mark off dead rappers or dead R&B artists and just as tributes. And he said he was going to stop doing Ghetto Gospel, and I, I messaged him, I said, oh, what's, what's, what's going on, why are you stopping? He felt like he was exploiting the dead, and I said, wow, I didn't think of it, I didn't think of it that way. He wasn't making money off, these, off anything, he just was posting on Instagram and Facebook and just... Trip, excuse me, paying tribute to those particular people, but I can understand why people would see it that way. So that's why I want. I I I knew I was gonna have this time for the last couple of days. So essentially, we're in Colorado, and we were told we we're gonna get about ten inches of snow. Did we get ten inches of snow? No, we got about five inches of snow. But I don't. I refuse to drive in the, in the snow <clears throat> because. The weather, because Coloradians are so terrible in the snow, they drive like freaking maniacs. And um, I was leaving work Tuesday night. And it was supposed to, start, it was supposed to start Tuesday night, going into all day Wednesday until about six o'clock. As I record this, it's like nine o'clock on Wednesday Mountain Time. So I said, okay. So I told my boss, I said, hey, so you know, I told him on Monday I'm not coming into work. And then he messaged me back, and he was like. <clears throat> 
well, yeah, you know how the weather people are, you know, blah, blah, blah. They predict stuff. I said, look here, man, I ain't coming into work. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you guys a quick story because this is this happened to me in December, but I was already done. I was essentially up already done recording shows or I was I had one show left to do. So I'm leaving. I was house sitting, as you guys know, at a friend's house. So I'm driving from the city of Denver to a place called Inglewood, Colorado, which is like 30 minutes away without traffic. This is three in the morning. So this morning was fucking hectic. So I, I, I'm leaving out of her place. The snow is so high in her back alley that I legit gets stuck. So then I have to go shovel my way out. By the time I get out, there's no there's no parking on the street because there was no plows out on the regular streets yet. So it's just like normal people were outside like helping their neighbors get out so they can get to work. <clears throat> so then I said, all right, F it. I'm just going to try to make my way to work. So I'm driving down the highway, and I'm going maybe 10 miles an hour. Maybe. If I'm being nice, I'm saying 10, but I'm pretty sure it was like 6 miles an hour. No one else is on the road doing it. So all of a sudden, it's three cars, me included, driving. I see in my rear view this, this truck speeding up. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I get over. The other two cars get over. All of a sudden, the truck gets over with us. But it's going. We're in the slow lane. But it's going fast. So now we're moving over. And so now I'm... By the way, I get super anxiety driving because because of my experiences out here. I can't wait to move. I'm moving in a few months, and so I just don't. I refuse to do it. I'm like, I'm like, all right, this is too much. So now they're getting over. Now you just speed up to get over. So I'm trying to get over one last time. This person made their mind up. They want to kill someone. All of a sudden, they just as I'm getting over, they just they turn. They hit me. I get sideswiped. I lost control. I try hitting the brake to see like, hey, what what's gonna happen? Brake is not working. I'm completely out of control. I know I'm going to hit the median. I come to grips in my head. Oh, I'm, I'm about to die. There was nothing I could do. I had no control of the car. I can't make a car go if it doesn't want to go or if, or if it doesn't want to stop. Boom. Okay, hit the median. Look around. I think the car is off. I call I call my boss. Call my boss. Like, hey, just crash my car. Someone hit my car. He says, hey, let me know if you can make it to work. All right, motherfucker. Okay, cool. So, anyways, I'm thinking the car is just done. And so I cut the car. And I see this word I've never seen before. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I Google the word. It just means it's going to help me steer. So, okay. So, I'm cutting the car off. And the car just cut off because it hit something. So, I cut the car on. I'm like, oh, car works. <clears throat> Go. And I call the cops. And the cop... Like he he see he sees me already, so like I, he says, "Hey man, are you okay?" I said, "Yeah." And so he looked at. He's like, "Honestly, I think it's just cosmetic, but it's in the darkness of four in the fucking morning at this point." So he was like, uh, "I think it's just cosmetic, but where are you going?" I said, "I was going to work, but I, I kind of want to go home now." But like I'm house sitting in the city. I said, I, it took me an hour to get this far. I'm five minutes from work. I don't know what to do. He said, "Honestly, I hate to tell you this. I'm gonna take your information down. We're gonna file a report." Um, how about this? You go to work. I'll follow you off the highway. He says, I hate to tell you go at, but if it took you an hour to get here, which I'm sure it did because it was pure ice, um, then it's probably going to take you an hour to get home. And you seem pretty rattled. He was right, it was. And it just so happened that the snow was going to stop in an hour. And so the sun was going to come out. That's one thing I would say about Colorado snow. In Colorado, it's usually sunshine at least 360 days a year. So, 
drive to work, boom, boom, boom. I stayed until like about 11, sunny out, whatever. I'm like, the roads got to be better by now. Spoiler alert, they really weren't that better, much better. Um, but I get home, I stay in the house for the rest of the day. I said, fuck it, I just need, I, I can't do it to myself. It's too much. So I told myself at that point when I was at home that night, or at my friend's house that night, I said, I'm not doing that to myself again. Because I, the last several times I've had to drive in snow, I've been so, the anxiety has been so real. Then I was like, man, F this. So I told him on Monday, and I ain't coming to work. Told him last night, as I'm leaving my other job, I'm leaving, and the snow wasn't even bad, but the roads were getting bad to the point where it was just like that slushy snow and ice. Took me two hours to get home. I said, man, I ain't doing this to myself. Text him, I ain't coming to work. So I knew I was going to have time, and I just found out an hour before about Jay Briscoe. And I was messaging Jonathan Esther and a couple of the people said I might need to do like a a surprise show, but just to give my thoughts on Jay Briscoe and some other stuff. And like, Dude, you you're probably gonna be doing that a lot this year. And it was funny because first person I said to me was Jonathan Esther. After that it was like four of the people that I talked to. They said you're gonna be doing that a lot this year. You're gonna be doing a lot of emergency shows this year. This shows this year's already started out with a fucking weird start. I said that's probably true. But I went back and forth all day today. I've literally been home all day. And first time I can say first time since the beginning of COVID, I was at home and I did not ever leave. I literally just uh, at eight o'clock once dynamite was over, I went outside to my car, started it up and I just cleaned it off. So that way, when I go to work in the morning, I don't have to clean it off. I just start my car, get the fuck in the car. Right. Because the snow's done. So first time since COVID, so essentially almost three years now since I, since that's happened. And so I've been going back and forth because I've been in my head about exploiting and, and that type of stuff. And I was like, I don't know. And so finally, you know what? I'm just going to do the fucking show. Um, and I'll take your feedback. And if you guys feel that as it was exploitative, I will apologize again. Um, hopefully it's come off that way. I just want to talk about my memories of uh, the, the Briscoes, Jay Briscoe. And, and, and I, told this la- I told this last year after my WrestleCade uh, experience. Um, but I'll tell it again. So, first of all, I didn't know he was as young as he was because he's been doing it for so long. I didn't realize he was just 38 years old. Jesus Christ. One, two, his two darts <clears throat> are still in the um, hospital. So, just prayers up for them that they're fight, that they're fighters like their dad and their, and their, and their uh, uncle. And um, it's just one of those things where my first experience with the Briscoes, I lived in Maryland. Most of you guys know that. Some of you guys don't. A lot of you guys don't. At one point in time in my life, and as you guys know, Sinclair is, is out of Baltimore. He was the company that used to own Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor would be on in syndication in the middle, in the middle of the night, right? Which was really weird because I remember like, if I watched TV in Atlanta or Louisiana, it would be on like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. But in Maryland, it was on like at 3 o'clock in the night, in Maryland, and that's the home base. Anyways, and I remember seeing toothless this toothless guy, and and, and another guy with some, with some short hair and grizzly beard. And I was like, who the fuck are these two maniacs, right? And I remember watching their match, and I remember saying, okay, not too bad. It was my first experience with ROH ever. And that was when I was introduced to the Briscoes, 
um, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and a host of other people. But I remember those three people in particular. And I remember I was like, okay, I don't know what this is, but I like it. I started watching it more and more. And then I remember seeing these two teams, these two, these two guys that were brothers. And you could tell they were brothers, they looked just alike. And I remember them just having these crazy-ass matches. And then I remember like seeing them like go their separate ways, winning heavyweight titles and all this other stuff. Um, and I, I was just, I was, I was so intrigued by this team because I was like, why are they not in WWE? That's that's a question everyone asks at the, at, at the end of WCW. Why isn't this person in WWE, right? And they just bled ROH. That's just what they were are. Hell, he's passed away as the a, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion. That's just crazy. But that was my first memories of him. And as I kept it with ROH, they were probably them and Jay Lethal were the reasons I stuck around with ROH. Mainly Jay Lethal, but all three had a big part of it. And I wasn't cutting a fucking Briscoe's match off. Period. Bottom line. Anyways. Um, Last year I went to WrestleCade, and you obviously see the names that are going to be there, and um, you're like, okay, I got to see this person, this person, this person, which that could be fucking costly, right? But I remember something that Jericho said about his crews. He said, the first day, you're kind of mesmerized because like, these wrestlers are there and all this other type of stuff, right? But then it's like day two, day three, it becomes normal. And I met them on day one. It was night. It was night. Um, and not many people were there. Even people that were announced to be there were there, right? Like Lance Archer was announced to be there. He was just there. Um, I seen them, and, and they had nobody in their line. And the people that were in the line was like, it was like, it wasn't long. It was like one and done or whatever. And so I go over, and I've said this before. I'll say it again though. I'm one of those people that I don't like having conversations with celebrities because I don't want to take up time from someone else. Who it means something to me, obviously. I went on my way to get a fucking autograph, but I don't want to ever take away from someone who it's their it's like the biggest moment of their life, right? And so I just that's how I, I, I think of it in that regard. Even if it hurts myself, I don't see it hurting myself. I see it as just like, wow, this this is gonna be more than someone else. Let me tell you something. I got there, their handler was standing right there. Uh, I had nothing from the sign, so I got an eight by ten, which you guys know I hate. Sitting there, what I introduced myself and said, Hey, it's an honor to meet you guys. You guys are the greatest, blah, blah, blah. And all both of them, with big smiles on their faces, were like, They didn't even sign. They were looking at the guy who took the money, and they were like, Just sitting there looking at me, asking questions, talking. I was like, and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. And they were like, No, 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 nah, man. And you you, you, lived, you used to live in Maryland? What part of Maryland? You know, blah, blah. Cause I've been to Delaware before. Delaware is pretty small. But <laughs> um, it's only like an hour and a half from where I used to live at. In order, and it was funny, my only experience in Delaware was one night we were, <sighs> I shouldn't tell a story on air, but um, one night, <laughs> me and the homies were looking for women, and he's like, I know it's a party in Delaware. I was like, you know a party in fucking Delaware, dude? It's an hour and a half away. How do you know there's a party in fucking Delaware, right? No one goes to fucking Delaware. So he's like, you should come with me. I said, I don't really want to do that. It sounds fucking awful, but I'll go. I had nothing else to go on. So I went with him. We drove to Delaware. Nothing. It was like ghost town. It was nothing. It was like one liquor store. I'm, just, I'm exaggerating, but you get my point. So we got to this party. It was not worth an hour and a half trip. 
<laughs> so it was like telling that story, they laugh and like, nah, man, you're right. There's not much there, but you can still get into some trouble, which is right. When we left that party, man, we could have gotten into a bunch of shit. That, that was trouble, though, right? I want to say I was there. If I'm not exa- if I'm exaggerating, it felt like 20 minutes because I enjoyed the conversation so much. But it was like 10 minutes. But still, that's the most time I was ever spent with anybody. You know what I'm saying? And they, they genuinely were asking questions. And like, as I'm leaving, I picked up the, I picked up the picture thing and they already signed it. They're like, oh, no, no, for me, we got to sign it. You know, we weren't trying to let you go, I guess, you know. And couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have made the experience. That was when it was crazy because I never know. I told you Steve in the middle story. I'm not going to tell that again right now. But go back in the archives and listen to that. Um... So I've been even more hesitant to ever talk to, to talk to celebrities like, hey, I'm just going to fucking autograph, pay for that shit, get the fuck out of here, right? And um, and it's funny because after that, they were like, they, I, I want to say they were one of the first people I got an autograph from. The first person was Jungle Boy, because like it was a line going to Adam Cole. Adam Cole wasn't there yet, but the line was covering Jungle Boy's line. So I was looking, I was like, hey, what line is this? It was Adam Cole. I said, anyone in that line for him? Jungle Boy. Like, nah. So I went and got him, and he signed it. So thank you, pretty quiet guy. And so, like, it wasn't a weird experience at all. Just he didn't say anything. I didn't ask any fucking questions. Um, so then as I'm leaving, talking to the Briscoes and talking to Tony Storm, who Tony Storm wasn't even supposed to be here. I think he was supposed to be there the next day. Um... That let me know I was gonna have a great experience. And I was like, okay, because that's dude, I, yeah, I spent some money. Like, what I did was I actually ended up taking advantage of when when WrestleCade's in the hotel, you can get a special package of a hotel and uh, WrestleCade experience. So I spent like I think 600 bucks, which I'm from being honest, that wasn't my fucking money, that wasn't a lot of money. Um, but um. It, it just felt like a lot of money at the times, and it was for the unknown. And so they made my experience very good. So um, I, I've heard nothing but positive things about the guy. Um, but I, I just wanted to say, look here, he is a huge, for, like this dude, for as young as he is, gave me some of the best memories I'll ever have of wrestling, him and his brother. And he's definitely sacrificed his body. Hell, he just think think about this. The three matches they had with FTR last year, all classics, and they had and they they had at least seven, eight more years of prime years left of wrestling. So, but he had more importantly, he had many years left to be with his daughters and his wife. Um, so my condolences to them. I really don't know what else to say, to be honest with you, except just rest in peace, rest in paradise, and. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for your sacrifice. You and your brother literally, I'm sure you made good money. That's fine. That's all good and well. But you guys literally sacrificed your time, your bodies. And I'm telling you right now, I've talked to other fans as well. Everyone that's met the Briscoes has nothing bad to say. I've heard some bad shit said about not just wrestlers, but celebrities in general. I just haven't heard it. And I've been waiting for it. Like, I, this is one dude who's always having bad experiences with uh, celebrities when he goes to meet them at this point I'm like why you even pay me fucking celebrities they all hate you um he was like dude man I, won't, I don't believe this like that was like the best experience i had the same experience he had where he had paid, paid his money and like legitimately they wouldn't let him leave the table 
they were because he's from Maryland, so they were like super talking to him about certain spots. Like, same thing with me. They knew I wasn't from Maryland, but he knew I used to live in Maryland. So they was kind of like, oh, what about this spot, this spot? And we were just connecting off of that. Um, so it just fucking sucks that this is the thing that's happened to a family. Um, I don't want to forget the other people in that accident. Because um, there were other victims as well. I don't know the circumstances of it now. They have not come 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 to light. But whatever they are, my condolences to the, that, that, that family, those friends. And, uh, and if just, just be safe. And, um, and that's why I told the story of the car. That's why I just told the story about my situation and me not feeling safe and me having that anxiety. And I've already been hit by two cars in my life and I've been truly lucky to still be alive with the accidents that have happened to me. Like the last accident that happened to me in August of 2021, the cops said, yeah, if you didn't have your seatbelt on, you'd definitely be fucking dead. My first accident was a thing that made my skin disease manifest. I, sh- I am very lucky and blessed to be here, and I do not want to take for granted that. So that's why I felt the need to tell tell you guys that story. So um, I want to move on. Um, there's no good way to transition, so I'm just going to move on um, to Vince McMahon, who is officially back with WWE. And I can't say I didn't see this coming. But I felt it would be a little longer. If that makes sense, I feel like you. I feel like sometimes, those are not sometimes. You have this one boss you absolutely fucking hate, and whenever they're not around, it's just peace, it's bliss. <laughs> I, I felt that way, and you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe CM Punk was right. Maybe, um. Maybe his hands have always been there. He's been the invisible hand the entire time. Either way, um, I will say this. I feel for the corporate people, the employees that are fearful that, hey, he's not just going to sell it, but he's going to get rid of us before. Like They probably just felt comfortable. Um, we just came from an uncertain time with COVID. And honestly, for being real, it's still very much an uncertain time. And um, now they don't feel safe anymore. Uh, so I feel for those people. My thoughts on this are pretty simple. This dude's run his own daughter out of the company twice now. He fired his son last year. Um, he just has nothing else to do. He has a lot of power and he's a very intelligent person. Those are two things that are scary when they are used as weapons. That's just the facts. Period. Freaking bottom line. Um. So. We know he'll be back on creative. Probably after WrestleMania. Probably during WrestleMania. Who fucking knows. The reality is. If you're a hardcore WWE fan. I don't see what the problem is for you. You guys already hate AEW. The only thing you're going to watch is WWE anyway. So what the fuck does it matter? That's the part. That's the one thing I don't understand. I hear so many times from hardcore WWE fans that only watch WWE. Well, this is a favorite sex thing. Blah, 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 blah. Then this is part. This is part for the course for you. Then why? Why do you guys care? It doesn't matter for you guys. 
but this does make a difference. People's this, people's livelihoods are at stake. You just had Gargano come back, Bronson Reed come back, Candice LeRae come back. These people came back because they were they felt that they would be given a chance under Triple H. Now I only named three people. You still have people like Hit Row who aren't doing the goddamn thing good. But in fairness to them, Hit Row, even though this was the iteration of Hit Row before they added Swerve Strickland, Swerve Strickland was definitely the secret recipe or the secret sauce to that sandwich. He helped make it special. You know? Um, so that's different. Um, but you have a lot of people who are probably nervous. And they're on three-year deals. Look, a sale is imminent. We already knew that. Sale probably should be within five years or whatever. Um, but I'm telling you right now, the sale won't be what you guys are thinking. The sale will be a bad thing. Unless you have Endeavor, who bought UFC. I want to say, for the most part, they've been hands-off. I don't think I've ever heard anyone complain about UFC. I'm not a UFC, big UFC fan, as you guys know. But it feels like they've been letting UFC just kind of do their thing, you know? The whoever this company is, yeah, they're not going to let WWE. They're going to change WWE, and it's going to be into their image. Let's that's, that's just be real. That's just what it is. If you guys can't stand family friendly now, if the mouse buys it, that's all we're fucking getting. They're going to want to make it their product, you know? Um, so that's a big deal. Um, I will say this. If the Saudis buy it, because I know that was a big rumor, um, I don't see them changing anything. They they might want more nostalgia, but I could see them like. And even then, if you look at what the Saudis do, the Saudis actually don't buy companies outright. They invest. They put a ten percent stake in here. Like they have a stake in Facebook, a stake in uh, Google, like ten percent. And that's why like that live golf tournament thing. I don't watch fucking golf, but I know how the I know the controversy behind it. That's why they're it's only streaming on YouTube and Facebook because that's what they already have stakes in it. So. It makes sense that they'll be allowed to to to, to show their product, um, but that would be. I mean, I, I I just don't. I can't imagine WWE elite figures being able to be sold in Targets and WalMarts. If that's going that stuff will be strictly online. And I don't see Mattel even partnering up with these guys. I don't see Fox. I don't see. Um, well, maybe USA will be willing to work with them still because they've been working with them for so long. Um, but I, I see, I see them losing that Fox deal because there was a report that came out actually that says that by the end of the deal that Fox made with WWE, they will have lost money and they didn't all these numbers and everything. And I didn't write anything down because I just was reading the article and I wasn't planning on ever doing a show like this, this early, you know? Um, but the reality is they, they would have a lot more to lose. So let's, let's hold the, let's pump the brakes on that. I just don't see that, you know? Yet, yet. Um, but it, it could definitely happen for sure. Um, but yeah, my thoughts on it are just, it's not surprising. It's not. But Nick Khan, who went from being a sports agent to the to the CEO of WWE, that's fucking crazy. He's probably making a lot of money right now. Probably, let's you might say on paper, $800,000. No air quotes, because he's doing air quotes right there. When that sale happens, he's going to make a lot more money. This guy, this dude is going to be super fucking rich. So, th- that's my thought on that. Um, my thoughts on Raw 30. 
Um, that is a huge deal. 30 years. There's been some great moments on Raw. Some terrible moments on Raw. But as far as the great moments go, obviously, this is your life segment with The Rock and Mankind, which was the highest rated segment. like And the one segment that people can turn to and say, people actually start watching more and more as the segment went on, because the segment went overtime, like the one, like when Vince Russo and, and Mick Foley and The Rock did that um, segment, like it was formatted so badly that Vince and all the higher ups, like Bruce Pritchard, were completely pissed off. We just went overtime and lost time, and this is bullshit. And it turns out that you see that people were, like, were over time were tuning in because like, we gotta watch this shit. That's huge, you know. Um, you have Mankind winning the WWE Championship in 98, but it was recorded for 99, um, which was one of the big, which was another moment where Tony Giovanni said, huh, that'll put butts in seats. And all of a sudden they put remotes in hands. <laughs> um, what else? The Zamboni with Austin. I just watched that the other day too. The Zamboni moment with Austin, the beer truck, uh, with Austin, um, what else are we talking about? Shawn Michaels challenging, I mean, putting an open challenge out for his Intercontinental Championship. It being a returning Marginetti and Marginetti defeating Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. Uh, the Lightning Kid, the kid uh, pinning Razor Ramon and Razor Ramon making a star and making a superstar in one night, Razor Ramon did. And that match was all like three minutes. Like, I didn't even know it was that. I, I, it's, it's been so long since I've watched it. I forgot it was that fucking short. And the, the outcome came out of nowhere. It, it made Raw Destination watching. At the time, it was one hour. And also, at the time, it was... It, it just showed that anyone could be beat. So, yeah, the Intercontinental title changed hands on the same night as the kid went to one, two, three kid and won the title. And, matter of fact, it's so dope. For the third anniversary of Raw, I saw this thing on YouTube, and I've seen it in person. I don't know if I'm going to buy it or not, but it's a dope three-pack set of The Undertaker in his gray glove format. And then you have Razor Ramon and 123Kid, and 123Kid is a bag of money as the few continue. That would be something to happen. And the Raw logo set of R-A-W, the big capital Raw set. So super tight. But um, that's one of the great moments of there. Like Razor, Scott Hall just made them. Um, what else? I'm gonna, name, I'm gonna try to name like four or five more that were just awesome. How about the Shawn Michaels John Cena match in 2007 that used the last hour of Raw? In one of Cena's few clean losses, Shawn Michaels pinned him non title match a week before the pay per view. They took up all TV time. I, I've never heard anything about that. I've never actually heard the background of that story of that match. Like, I don't know if it was supposed to go an hour or not. It feels like it was supposed to go an hour because they were like in England or somewhere. Because that was definitely a pre-take match. But um, that's on my list to watch. Um, Mr. Perfect defeats Ric Flair in a loser goes home match, which sends Ric Flair back to the WCW. Um, Bret Hart shoving Vince McMahon down on his butt. And doing a, a profanely laced promo, which made me begin to love Bret Hart. That's the that's the version of Bret Hart that I like, from 
the 97 Royal Rumble until the main, until uh, Survivor Series of that year. I don't like any other iteration of Bret Hart. That's why it was so funny when I got his autograph and I had people saying, but you don't like Bret Hart. Blah, blah, blah. I, I don't like Bret Hart's iterations except for the 97 one, which made it even better for me to enjoy getting an autograph from him because like that, that, that Bret Hart I love, I know he wasn't too keen on being the heel because he always wanted to be a face, but what a great moment that was, you know? Um, I think I just named three. Let's name two more. Um, what else do we have? There's so many things I want to name. You had the debut of the Nexus, which you had so much aftermath in that. You had the Daniel Bryan firing. Um, you you had just the confusion of what was going on. It was so silent. And I remember. I actually remember that time because I remember I was talking to somebody on message, Facebook Messenger, and they were asking me like, "What?" There's. It was a question about wrestling, and the one thing I remember saying is, "I don't know. Raw hasn't been exciting lately." And then the very next day, the debut, the Nexus happens. And I was like, oh, this is something. Um, so that was pretty cool. And what, 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 let's think of one more really good. Uh, let's think of a modern day one. CM Punk turning heel on The Rock. CM Punk is in the midst of a WWE championship run where it was, it was good. Matches were good, but he was treated as an afterthought. He was definitely not being inventing anything. All of a sudden, you know, this anniversary of Raw. It's a three-hour show. You have CM Punk um, versus John Cena. John Cena said he was going to cash in uh, his money to bank contract. And he did. He gave him a full week. And the Big Show interferes. Then The Rock comes out, lays out the Big Show with a spine buster. He's about to do the people's elbow. CM Punk is running away. All of a sudden, CM Punk comes in, clotheslines The Rock. People don't know what to do. CM Punk is just looking looking he turns he sees rock getting up and he gets set up and then gives rock to go to sleep i remember watching that saying well and it was announced earlier in the night by the rock whoever is the wwe champion at the royal rumble will he'll be challenging them i said well that's where cm punk's title reign ends um which is okay it happens right but you have that you also have punk's promo the pipe bomb um a number of good moments so I didn't want to go without acknowledging no, since it is the 30th anniversary coming up next week. But the reality is, uh, so much more important things have happened, and I just felt, especially once I heard it was a car accident. I've, the last year and change, me and cars have not, it's been where I live at. It's, the reality is, this is where I live at, and, it's, and as as I'm moving on, I won't have mu- that much anxiety about it, but I've I know how it is to be hit by cars, and uh, but and but more importantly, I know how it is to walk away from it. And he couldn't, and Jay couldn't walk away. His daughters couldn't walk away. They're alive, but they just, they couldn't walk away yet. But we're believing that they will. They will. So, thank you guys for listening. This is a special episode. As I said, I and I'm not I'm not coming back off IAS yet. I just needed to say this so I can. Uh, I, I I don't know. I just uh, want to feel I feel more comfortable doing it. So. Um, thank you for listening. I am the Soul Chemical, and uh, we are out.